0: I'm David Matson, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. For Miley Alau, family, shared time, experiences together are paramount. Growing up, she's lived about as far north, south, west, and east as you can be in the United States. With so much traveling, family is a constant. Family is home. That may be why her family is such an important part of her life. Hey, good morning, Miley. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Oh, so how's your day going so far?
1: You know what? It's been a really nice morning. It's like very quiet, sat in the living room with tea and had tea with my husband. And
0: where are you living?
1: Ka'ava. So my 15-year-old, Niho, was here all last week. So he we got here on Thursday when school got out because he goes to Chaos Maui. Mm-hmm. Um, So you got here on Thursday and then he was here until Thursday, which of course means a flurry of activity, right? Like there's going to the beach and hanging out with his brother and then friends over to spend the night. And so, so as much as I am always sad to see him leave to go see dad, I'm like, (laughs) 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 I need a nap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Your um, husband then. So where did you meet him?
1: (laughs) Okay, Cupid. So. (laughs) So funny story. So we met on Mm OKCupid and it took a long time for us to meet in person. But Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we kept talking to each other is because he is actually from Calaveras County, which uh, if you read Mark Twain, the jumping frog contest of Calaveras County, that's where he's from. If you if you go to Modesto, California and head east to the mountains, it's up in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's in the mountains above Modesto. Uh, My mom actually grew up in the same town that he lived in which when we started talking about it he's like nobody has ever heard of this place I'm like dude I've not only heard of it I've I've been there like my mom literally like we had stopped there to see her friends and gone berry picking in the river and the whole thing and Uh, how
0: big is the the place
1: oh it's tiny I mean I think it's maybe 5,000 people like it's a tiny little town but at the time Calaveras County when my mom was living there um, they had a big quarry and my grandfather was a uh, civil engineer. So he was working on the quarry yeah, and yeah. yeah, so he, they were there for forever. So like his uncle actually remembers my family living there when they were the McCormacks. So my mom's family, so my, his uncle actually remembers my family living there. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah.
0: One of seven kids growing up in a military family She's lived in many places before settling in Hawaii. Miley shares fond memories of food and her family's named dish.
1: My mom's Scottish, Irish, Welsh. She was a firecracker.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) From that, uh, like right around kind of the the UK area. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Which is why my first name is Elspeth. Oh, so my, my, my English name is Elspeth, which is Scottish for Elizabeth. So my mother was Elizabeth and my grandmother was Elizabeth, and they were going to name me after both grandmothers, but they didn't want another Elizabeth. So they named me Elspeth. Okay. So my grandmother on my Hawaiian side was Ellen. So oh. Elspeth Ellen, maile lauli'i.
0: Oh, okay. Or very... Just in
1: case they didn't have another girl. Like literally, that's why they named me that. Dad was military, right? So I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. We lived in Alaska for five years, which was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: we lived in Virginia for three years while Dad went was working at the Pentagon. Uh-huh. and then we moved to Hawaii when I was 11. Both of my brothers were born in California. I was born in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Catherine and Jocelyn were born in Alaska, and Kaleo and Kalama were born in Virginia. Oh,
0: so you're one of seven.
1: Yeah, those are th- four of the seven of us went to KF. Uh-huh. So when dad got PCS, when dad was finally given the option for his terminal assignment, his choices were to go back to Alaska, which he loved, or to return to Hawaii, which he did because he's an only child. So we drove across the United States from California, from Virginia to California with like meandering along the way and stopping here, there and everywhere. And uh, and then got to Hawaii and then my parents decided that Michael and Peter would go live with Tutukani and Tutuahini on Maui mm-hmm. um, so that they could have that experience that dad had had growing up on Maui. So they went and lived there until Peter came to live with us and came to Komema. And then he came to Kamehameha and boarded up there. Mm-hmm. So like every place that we lived except for uh, Omaha, cause we left there when I was like two, uh-huh. I have just very vivid memories. Like Alaska, my dad, um, was like, we're all going to learn how to cross country ski. So as soon as you were old enough to walk, you had a pair of skis and we cross country skis, all of us, the whole family. And he coached my little, my older brothers in little league during the summer. Like that was like, or T-ball, it was T-ball then. So, um, so Alaska was a great place. Like we were outside a lot. All of us rode bikes. The Isleson Air Force Base, where we live, is like a postage stamp Air Force Base. It's tiny. Like it's big enough to accommodate the, the runway and that's about it. Um, but But it was a great place to grow up. We lived in Virginia from 79 to 82. We moved to Virginia. My parents were very intentional about where they decided to live in Virginia. So Dale City at the time, which is now a huge community, was just coming up as a bedroom community for Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And my parents specifically chose the neighborhood that we lived in because it was multicultural. Like there were Black families living there, there was an Indian family living there, there was Hispanic family living there, like which was unusual in 1978, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had this wonderful multicultural group of friends. The first winter we were there, there was a big snow. So like we built a snow, we built a, like a snow castle in the front yard. Like, yeah. so it was funny. I didn't realize that you were Senator Akaka's grandson like this whole time, I didn't know this, but Senator Akaka and my dad actually knew each other relatively well. For a long time, it was like Senator Akaka and like my dad and like two other Hawaiians in the upper echelons of of washington dc right like there were very few of them oh yeah 78 to 82.
0: yeah so that's when he first started out in the house
1: yeah wow yeah so i was looking i know there's photos of them together i just can't i couldn't find them but i know they they exist
0: if you find any please share
1: I i will you know my dad was not a an easy dad my dad was hard when hurricane iniki came through hawaii so my brothers were up on Maui. So Maui was kind of okay in Iniki, right? Mm-hmm. But our, we lost we lost a big chunk of the roof off the house that we were living on mm-hmm. in, in Kahaluu, mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. my parents were like, okay, we need all the kids to be sort of on the inside of the house, like not on a wall that's going to be exposed just in case, right? Yeah, so like my yeah. two little brothers came into my room and they slept with me in my room that night. And like my two sisters were like in their room, which is also very central. So we mm-hmm. all kind of like, you know, those are the kinds of things that sort of stick in my memory. And, you know, we ran around in the neighborhood and had friends and rode bikes. And mom and dad had their 50th um, wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out what to do for them. Like people like, oh, send them on a cruise, do this and that. What we finally landed on was that my family, my brothers and sisters and I, we gonna make them a lu'al without them helping, without dad helping. We had to do the, the kalua pig in the oven just because we didn't have a place to make any We did the entire lu'al, made it all for them, rented a space, did all the food. And, and, and so my brothers and sisters came in from all over. We all gathered at my house, which at the time was on the beach down there in Ka'ava and it had um, a big open area where we could all be outside working on the food together. Mm-hmm. So we'd all like wrapped hundreds of lalas. <laughs> did the whole thing and like cut up all the stuff. And, you know, we have our own style, our own family style of making lomi so that we all did it that way. And then my tutuahini had a very specific way of making her, you know, potato mac salad. So we did that. It was, it was just really, but that was our gift to them. And my dad And the only thing he said was the poke needed more salt. And I was like, yes, I totally agree with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love that. Oh, that's
1: good.
0: All right, so we're talking about food. So what's your favorite food? I love all the foods, just to be clear. Like (laughs) all the food, I like
1: all the food. (laughs) I have to work out because I like all the food. So Um, (laughs) why. The only reason I work out is so I can keep eating all the food. i love hawaiian food and specifically I'm, I'm very picky right like now because i make it right i'm super picky yeah we um and we call our our luau when we make it with our our lau lau it's the la lau lau right so um <laughs> <laughs> so i'm so i mean a really good lau lau with with poi oh my gosh like i'm in seventh heaven i could just mm-hmm. eat that um so, like, so what's, what's how do you
0: put that lau lau together then
1: so for us, we, you know, a lot of times when you make, if you've ever watched people make lao lao, they'll, they'll put all the stuff in the luau leaves and they'll throw salt. That's not the way my family did it. My family was salt everything first, right? So you salt your, and it's, it's beef, mm-hmm. pork belly, mm-hmm. butterfish, mm-hmm. and then wrap all of that in a ton of luau, like not just a little bit, not like three, four leaves, like, brrr, like you want a lot and then wrap that and then throw them in the, in the steamer. So that's how we make ours. So the allow la la and they tend to be pretty babucha, like they're big, like with like it,
0: it sounds <laughs> like it'll be three different kinds of meat plus yeah. a whole lot of uh leaf around that. I was picturing, you know, like maybe that's a, a double and a half portion. Yeah. Yeah. The allow lao lao is not small.
1: <laughs> it is big. So we don't we don't fool around. Um so that's one of my favorites always. I love, I love Italian food. So I love lasagna. Lasagna is one of my absolute favorite things of all time. And I love making lasagna. Like I love to make it myself because I love that process of creating and, and that kind of thing. So we're the kind of family, like if we're in your city we're gonna show up at your house. Like if if we're traveling, like my brother Michael lives in, in Kansas. If I was ever gonna find myself in Kansas, I'm like, Michael, I'm staying at your house. Like there wasn't, there's no question about it. You know, it's awesome. I love my brothers and sisters. We don't always get along, but I just—I think they're great people. So,
0: yeah. So I'm
1: very lucky. When the seven of us are together, it's a hoot. It's just hilarious. Our spouses are like, "We need a drink right now. Like, where's where's the bar?" <laughs> Although our spouses have like a support group. They're like the allow spouse support group.
0: <laughs> Do you have any any uh, preferred alcoholic drink of choice?
1: Oh. I am a whiskey and scotch gal. Ooh, really? Any perfect oh my gosh. scotch whiskey? So there's a there's a scotch that comes out well, obviously comes out of Scotland but it's called Scapa, like named after Scapa Flow in in Scotland. My my ex-husband used to be able to get a hold of it. It's very hard to find now. Uh-huh. But it's uh-huh. lovely and smooth and smoky. I love Connemara. Connemara is one of my favorites cuz again, that's nice smokiness. So the smok- one-
0: smoky peaty?
1: Yeah, it- peaty. I also actually really like Jack Daniels because I was raised on it.
0: I love Jack Daniels. Mm
1: -hmm. um, For our wedding, my my brother, uh, Kalama, he actually worked at the Cosmopolitan as a bartender for a long time. So for our wedding, he made me this lovely drink that was hibiscus syrup infused with rosemary with Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. So good.
0: Miley shares about her relationships over the years and co-parenting. With your husband, do you live in two different places or?
1: No, no, no. So I've been married three times. Okay. <laughs> so um, my oldest son, um, his dad and I got married when I was still living in Wisconsin. That turned out to be a very poor life decision to marry his dad. But my oldest son, who is 25, is is a joy. So huh. that was worth it. Okay. His dad, I'm not in touch with at all. Kaili actually lives in Wai'anae, He's a police officer. Oh, nice. So yeah, so he and his wife live in Nanakuli, And they're doing great. They're like super happy and building this wonderful life together. I'm super proud of him. Then I got married to Niho's dad and that went really, really well. And we were pretty happy. And then he deployed three times in five years. Those last two deployments, he was in dust off. So he was a medevac unit. Uh So he really saw kind of the worst that people could do to each other for those two deployments. And this... That final deployment was 15 months. So it was over a year. Uh And by the time he came back from that one, he was just not available. Yeah. You know, he was just not available. So we split up. Once we got through the the rough part of the divorce, we found our way back to the friendship that we'd established before we got married. And that friendship has continued to be super awesome. We co-parent Niho very, very well, like... When Neho is turning 11 and I was looking at him like, like when he was in seventh, eighth grade, I was like, you probably need to go live with dad for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I, we, as a family made a decision to send him to live with dad. So, so all the pilikia that you often hear around divorces and child custody and all this stuff, we just don't do that.
0: Good. Good. Yeah. Well, so, well where's Neho's dad?
1: Neho's dad lives in Alabama.
0: Okay. <laughs> so is, uh, is Neho's dad uh, from Alabama or from the mainland or is he a local boy?
1: He's from detroit he grew up in the projects of detroit okay so he's half black and half italian he's super intelligent thoughtful guy he uh-huh. um went into the military because he wanted to play with helicopters and that's what he spent his career in the hel- in the military doing was playing with helicopters so okay. and uh yeah so so nico's got this really interesting mix right of like of you know hawaiian and black and you know caucasian from all over and and chinese like
0: (laughs) what's what's your ethnic background
1: so hawaiian chinese tahitian on dad's side and then so if you're familiar with the taua stories of the the missionary taua we're in that line the taua line on the tahitian side
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah yeah, my mom is Scottish Irish Welsh. She was a firecracker.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so, Niho is such a remarkable young man and he's trying to find his way. I, it's so funny because, you know, Niho has always done things his own way. Instead of coming down the birth canal with like this part of his head that squishes, he decided uh-huh. he was going to try to do this part of his head that doesn't squish. So we wound up having a C-section with him. It's like, oh. I like, you've always, he's sort of always done things his own way. And yeah. so that has continued his whole life. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's, but he's super, super smart. And just like, he's 15 year old boy and he's still sweet. Like He's, he's pretty awesome. So uh-huh. I will wax poetic about Nihil for like, he's just turned into this, just this. I'm I'm so excited to watch what he does with his life. I'm so excited about that.
0: Yeah,
1: he's probably the best traveled of any of us. But we put him on a plane on Thursday. He bit bops back and forth between Hawaii and Alabama. I never have to worry about him about missing a flight or not being paying attention. Like he's been traveling like this for years. It it was sort of hard for me at our 30th reunion. I was not myself because my parents had both just died like right before reunion. Yeah, so we lost dad in March and then mom in April. It was just, it was sort of a disaster. So I was like, not the, um... but when all of that happened, Uh my youngest brother Kalama, Mm-hmm. And we all knew somebody had to go live in the house and we were trying to figure out who that was. Kalama was the only one who really didn't have any ties to where he was because he was in Vegas at the time. Mm-hmm. So he, he said he would come home and move into the house. Well, then it opened the opportunity for Niho to come home and go to KS Maui where they're always looking for kids. Like KS Maui is always like scrambling to get enough applications. Uh-huh. So, and and Niho, when we talked about it, he was like, well, yeah, I'd like to go to Kamehameha, but only if I can go on Maui. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "We can totally make that happen." So, <laughs> so, so he lives on Maui with Kalama, with my youngest brother, and um, and goes to KS Maui. And this year was a little rough because COVID. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah and money. he, and he had a rough transition into, to Hawaii. So he, he spent half the summer with dad. He uh-huh. came home on July one because he had to start school on August fifth or whatever it was. Yeah. So he was home. He had to quarantine for two weeks when he came home. Mm-hmm. So his in quarantine. Then we moved from one house in Cahava to another house in Cahava. So <laughs> poor kid. Uh, but he passed freshman. He, he matriculated his sophomore year, which is really all I cared about this year. And I think next year will be better for him. And this year I had to just like let it go. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, okay, I can't be that parent this year. This year I have to be the... You're doing great, kid. Just keep going. Please, fast.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's tough. It's, it's really
1: tough. You this know? year has been hard for kids. Like, I am I am very much a, you know, your job in life is to go to school and get good grades. That is your job. Like, my job yeah. is to make money and feed you. Your job is to go home and bring me some good grades. And sure. um, I'm very much that parent.
0: If we're lucky, our high school experiences would be filled with memories of inspirational people and influential moments, some of which, if given the chance, we'd love to relive.
1: So I started freshman year KS. My dad was a champion BS sifter. <laughs> I'm gonna totally, I'm gonna totally describe him like that. It, it must he was have a made champion your teenage, BS sifter. Some major teenage years really rough. <laughs> it was really rough. It was not good. <laughs> like when I look back at growing up and being in high school and. Like I didn't date at all when we were and I feel like, like my dad was in the military and when he was in his uniform, like, I mean, he was, he was a big man. He wasn't a, he wasn't a tiny man by any stretch of the but he was only six feet tall and everybody would say, Oh, how tall is your dad? Like six, four. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, but everybody, he had this amazing, huge presence. Like you walked in the room and you're like, Ooh. And I'm like, and I, I have an ongoing joke with people. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally didn't date in high school, and I think it's because somebody would say, oh, I'd like to go out with Miley Lao. and then like, somebody else would go, have you seen her dad? Don't do that. Don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Were there any teachers or a teacher that left a, a meaningful impression on you,
1: Miss Powers? And she had that voice. That she had a very low voice that was very. Had a very distinctive style of speaking. I used to be able to imitate it really really well. She was gray-haired old lady when we when she was in school with us. She yeah. was at reunion. She was at reunion for the 30th and she was wow. there. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but she 100% I so I was an English major. I I went to college and was an English major because wow. of Miss Powers. Like she really had a way of just um making you love the journey into the book to pull it apart right love that journey in there to like look at all the different pieces of it and the perspectives and all that stuff but um she was very inspirational to me
0: were there any um experiences that really influenced you from high school
1: you know doing theater in high school was super helpful for me to find my voice you know i and i and i honestly i don't think i really found my voice until i was like 40 but um I know that I was set on the right path to it because um, because I did theater and, and that and that theater community of of humans was they're just lovely wonderful human beings who you know guided me through this like this amazing process and then I continued to do theater I would not have done that if I hadn't done it at KS. I don't think I would have done it I tried out for concertly three times and never got in but I you know. That was an influence for me, but then as I grew older, and I was like, oh, you know what? That was in that moment, and I grow and evolve and change. And maybe it wasn't meant to be then. And that was one of the lessons, right? I wasn't meant to be that. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, more confident in who I am, and all that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> so when you say that you you found your voice, you mean your physical voice, not necessarily like your personality or or who you are. Your voice. Both it, of those. So, it was both. So what is that that voice, um, that personality, that characteristic of you that you found? Could you describe that for us?
1: I found that I didn't have to be embarrassed of my energy. My energy is, you know, I have big energy and, and the stage is a great place for that. Like it's a great place for somebody to say, hey, you have great energy and you need to bring that to this character. I found that my imagination was a good thing, you know? And that the stories that I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a voracious reader, I love to read. And those stories that had always sort of just sat in my brain, now all little bits of the stories start to come together to create these characters, and that was good. Like, I, that was a good thing, you know? And then, and just being able to like, say I don't feel comfortable doing this, right? This is not something I'm comfortable with. And then making a choice, like, I'm not, is am I not comfortable because I'm, I'm really uncomfortable or am I not comfortable because it's new Mm -hmm. and then making a choice whether or not you're going to move through that, which sounds like it was a lot more in-depth thought than it actually was at the time. But, Mm -hmm. but I look back at it and I definitely say, oh yeah, I learned how to, to choose to be uncomfortable.
0: What hasn't changed about you since high school?
1: I still love all my friends. I love having a great group of human beings to be around that hasn't changed. I think I'm louder now than I was in high school. I don't think I, I don't think anybody in high school would have said, oh, lady, she was totally loud. Like, I was not that person. But that importance of those friendships has never changed.
0: Who are those friends that you still keep in touch
1: with? So Canilla, Tripp, Nina, Hui Hui, we still hang out. Kawilani, well, she's Momi now, so mommy Kims. Kule Reyes, who is not our classmate. And I... Kind of personally keep in touch with as many people as I can. So Renee has made lay for me, and now we're all doing the food train for Patty, Anderson, Jody, Especially when we're doing more gatherings, those those folks I saw a lot: Kalester and Kara. It sounds like just you
0: just going down the list of classmates. <laughs> <Everybody>.
1: <laughs> like I love being able to celebrate everybody's lives.
0: So if you could go back and relive one of the moments. That you did back then. Do you have any idea what that would be?
1: Senior year song contest night. Okay. Because it was just, gosh, that energy with everybody just vibing and like working together and and supporting each other and like it didn't matter if you were a jock or a nerd or a, it it not it didn't matter. Like all of a sudden, you know, when you watch the replay and to to see that all happen and the that would be a worth reliving. There's a lot of high school I wouldn't relive, but that would be worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> those days of song contests were always just like all that energy of going to the Blaisdell. And so, so Niho this year, ah- Ahamele is what they call it on the neighbor islands. And uh, it was, I, I still wanted for him to have that experience. And he was so cute. He got their song that they were going to sing. And it was a great song. He was so oh. excited. I was so excited for song contest for him. And then they, they broadcast it. And these poor kids, they're, like, singing in a room, socially distanced with, like, this clear mask on and blocking a sound. And mm-hmm. I talked to Niho after. I was like, you did the best you could, baby. I was like, if you guys are doing song contest next year, Ahamele next year, in live and performing, I'm coming up to Maui for it because I want to mm-hmm. see you do it. Because it's a whole different experience, like, that all of them together and singing. So,
0: yeah, so we'll
1: yeah. see. Like, I want that experience for him.
0: That is so special. You know. Yeah.
1: And, and who, like, who does that? Who can get 400 kids to sing in like four, six, eight part harmony together at once? Yeah, it's craziness and amazing.
0: What are some of the misconceptions that you had about what life would be like after high school?
1: Well, wow, I thought it'd be easier. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if you make a plan and you just kind of follow it, like everything would just fall into place and you just mm-hmm. kind of do your thing and you, you, just, that, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to hear God laugh, make plans. Like that's really, like that is what I've learned. In life. Like that's, I didn't realize that, you know the best laid plans of mice and men are are just plans and that will get blown apart any day of the weekend twice on Sunday. And you just have to learn how to roll with it. So I did yeah, not know yeah. that in high school <laughs> at all. You know, thank goodness my parents were always there for me.
0: Today, her job is to help people find their best selves, and about Miley finding her voice. Let's hear her tell it in her own words. Metaphorically, can Metaphorically. you describe what it is you do for a living?
1: So yeah, I'm a bit of a a bit of a cat herder. So, <laughs> um, so but my my actual work is I'm in organizational development. Okay. So. Okay. Really, I spent a lot of time working with teams and leaders and, you know, how do we make leaders better leaders? How do we make teams better teams? How do we help people work together better? What are the soft skills that people need that they don't have um, because they weren't trained for it? And how do we help them get to that? You know, I wind up at Kaiser Permanente for a couple of years doing that work, um, but American Savings Bank here picked me up in their org development. I, I just love the work. I love helping people find their best selves Mm -hmm. in the work that they do. And if I can do that in an organization that's got a great corporate culture, like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, that's even better because then not only do people want to bring them their best selves to work, Mm -hmm. they are encouraged and and given the tools to do so. And that's, that's pretty awesome
0: choose a job you love and you'll never work another day in your life. The opposite is true to choose a job you hate and it's gonna be a long day.
1: And it's gonna be a long life, right? <laughs> going to be it is. It's a
0: long, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a long time.
1: And I think learning that something that you loved for a long time, and then you have to make a choice, yeah. You know, like which is what happened with me in the nonprofits. I loved it for a long time and then I didn't. Change my life and my way of thinking about things and my way of viewing the world and and that was all good.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely relate to what you're saying about you know changing interests over the course of your life.
1: Truthfully, I shouldn't have a job. I should not have a job where I have to teach people how to like be good bosses. Like we should we should know this better than we do as humans.
0: Yeah. Sometimes but, we need those gentle reminders. In order to to keep us on track through life, like um, for for us, it's CMEs, continuing medical uh, education kind of gets us back on track and or back into that frame of mind. And so I think there is an important role for that. One of the things that um, that you listed is that you do voiceovers or something.
1: I do. I do. I, I was doing voiceover work for a long time. So and I loved it. It's, and, and when I can get back to it, I will do it again because it's just so much fun.
0: So, so what is voiceover work?
1: Yeah, I've done commercials. So, um, you know, so when you hear the voices on a commercial, it's like, you know, buy this product today. You know, that that was me um, for some oh, of it. Like,
0: I want to buy yeah. that product.
1: <laughs> right. It's <laughs> so convincing. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and it was just fun and it was, you know, it was a different way to use my voice that than I, than I'd ever, I, I wound up doing it as a course of my work. Like I, I was, when I was working for the Hawaiian civic clubs, Prince Kuhio festival would come along and we would need to do a commercial for it. And we need to have voiceover for the photos. I just started doing it. And the guy that I was working with on that, who was, um, KHON would do it for us for free. So I was there, um, sound person is like, Hey, you have a great voice. Would you mind if I called you for other work? And it would be paid. I'm like, well, I'm going to get paid. I'm in. So, (laughs) and that's how I started. Like I started from that and it's been, it's, it was a fun journey and I haven't done a lot of it recently. It is something I want to get back to eventually.
0: Did you ever do any formal training?
1: Only in... Well, I mean, only in as much training as we all got at KS, right? Like we all sort of had voice work at KS and through college too. I did theater that whole time. So that Mm -hmm. helps with voice expression just because, you know, you have to. So that was sort of the way I did it. like, oh, and I'm kind of a ham. So that helps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you do voices. What kind of voices do you do?
1: I love accents. I think accents are so much fun. So what, what, what accents? Oh gosh, it just depends on my mood, right? So um I do enjoy a British accent. Those are lovely and easy to do and makes you sound sophisticated. Um this is a wee bit of Irish in me, so I do love the Irish. It's just it's a bit it's a bit lightened and, and, and a wee bit funny.
0: Can I ask um, you to throw out a few accents for me and say a line with different accents? This is my idea and different
1: all when you're accents. listening to Primetime 89 today. Oh, Miley Alou and Primetime 89, the best ever. Uh.
0: <laughs> How about like a, a sexy, sultry voice?
1: Oh, it's Miley Prime Primetime 89. Join us.
0: <laughs> How about that, um, that sales voice that you used earlier?
1: Oh, God, the sales voice. It's like, join us, Primetime 89 with Miley Alou.
0: How about in a low voice, like like uh, like a guy or something? Can can you do like a kind of like Ooh. a male sounding voice?
1: Okay, so my male sounding voice almost always is like mulk, like it's the Mok That's voice. That's okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five-time 89. That was good. That <laughs> <laughs> was like me channeling my dad, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> can you do me? I'm David Matson and this is Primetime 89. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're I hilarious. Mean, it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, <laughs> one more, one more. Can you do like a cartoonish kind of Oh
1: board? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's smiley alo. I'm Primetime 89. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you this story because you'll love it so my my husband and I when we were first dating we went hiking and we were walking down from having finished the hike in the falls and we got to a little pool area there was all these crawfish in there like playing and like chasing each other around Mm -hmm. and uh I don't know what happened to me but all of a sudden like I had a whole story going about the different crawfish and like what they were doing and like one was like get off my rock stay away from my rock this is my rock and and the other one was like come on man let me have the rock you know I want the rock and like and I had this whole thing happening in my, <laughs> my husband was like I'm I'm not sure what to do with it schizophrenic
0: i don't know <laughs> oh, i'll have what she's having
1: 100 it, yeah it's like whatever that is let me have that
0: <laughs> oh that's hilarious I, I i'm just imagining you know being in that situation and having somebody sitting next to me start doing that as entertaining as that would be a little
1: concerning but uh, i'm concerned little little concern about my mental faculty <laughs> like there might have been a Like, you might come back from that hike and go, hmm, I'm not sure about this.
0: At this point in our lives, we can see the world from both perspectives, as a son or daughter, and now as parents ourselves. It's given Miley an appreciation of the importance of living a long and healthy
1: life. One of my also inspirations to stay healthy now, which I never had before, I want my kids to have me for as long as they can have me. Mm-hmm. dad had a heart attack but he wasn't particularly healthy and mm-hmm. mom was not healthy at all like and I saw that and I was like I want to give my kids as much time with me as they need and I feel like I still need my mom right I feel like now even two years after she's gone I'm like mm-hmm. I still feel like I need her and I, I wish I had I still had her because she had her mom in, into her 60s so that's an inspiration for me to stay healthy I don't want my kids to lose me when they're not ready yet. What is your kind of
0: routine that you do to stay healthy?
1: It's kind of all of the above, right? Like I don't diet because I, I don't believe, because I, like I mentioned, I like all the food. So so, so I don't do that. Everything in moderation but I, is fine. But everything fine. in moderation, right? It's all about balance. I actually work out three days a week. Like I do a HIIT workout three days a week and I walk a lot. Like walking is a big thing. It's been interesting though, because... COVID took a toll on me. Like I was already working out and getting healthy when I got sent home from work. Well, now all of a sudden it's a gift of two hours a day that you're not commuting. Right. So I, I chose to use part of that time to start working out. So I started working out and being really good about it. Like, Uh so March, April, May, June, I'm working out. I'm like, Oh, this is really great. I'm feeling really good. August hit and I got COVID and I was really sick. Like I thought I was going to die. I didn't wind up in the hospital, Um, but you know, I was lying in bed and panting and like not able to breathe. And so I had two weeks of COVID. So really just really, really sick. And then a week of pneumonia afterwards. So that was great. Um, But it damaged my lungs. Like I'm, there's definitely some damage. Like my capacity to do aerobic exercise is much depleted. It really hit home to me when I went, I went snorkeling like I could dive down, but I had seconds instead of, you know, the time that I used to have. Very longer, yeah. So so that impacts my ability to do a lot of real aerobic exercise. But I do stuff strength strength training and I'm like, I, I, you know, keep everything moving and walking is really a big deal for me. So, you know, Kahana Bay is right here by where I live. Mm-hmm. So I like walk up and down Kahana Bay. I've started being really good about supplements because, you know, we're old. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> was there an experience in your life that substantially influenced the course or even changed the course
1: of your life? When I left my first husband, so that was an abusive situation. And I was four months help high with Kaili when I left. Mm-hmm. And that definitely changed the course of my life. You know, I came home, I moved in with my folks. I and that is when I started working for nonprofits. I actually started working at the Nature Conservancy. And that really changed the course of my life. It changed the way that I thought about a lot of things. Like I just thought, you know, like you get married and you're happy and you have some kids and you know life is good. And yeah. and um it it did. It really changed the trajectory of my life. And I so that was a that was a big one for me. Like that that probably the next one was when wow, um, and I left Shamanat and that was a change in my life that opened some interesting doors. Like because now instead of working at a full time job, I was actually doing contract work and uh and I got to do some really cool stuff that I would never have done otherwise. Like I I worked with Emmy Tamimbong for a year, um, doing some like learning how to video edit and how to interview people, because she's a she's just so good at it. Like I worked on a couple of projects that I never would have worked on. So that that change opened my eyes to the to possibilities that I didn't realize were there before.
0: The the first experience that, that you mentioned, the way that it changed you, did it close you off or or make you look at things more critically, um, and uh, you know, didn't have that kind of an effect on you.
1: I have never learned. You to ask my husband. I have never learned that lesson. I've never learned the lesson of like, hey, don't be so trusting, or hey, yes. hey you don't assume the best about everybody. At this point, I'm fifty, right? It's not going to happen. But, but, but no, it didn't. What it did was remind me that I was surrounded by all kinds of other love. Mm. And some of that love has sustained through today, you know, that, um, so
0: that's wonderful. So it actually opened your eyes to other positive things around you that you may not have been aware of before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that's what I did you know, from my, in terms of, yeah, my view of life. You know, if, if you talk about a model for your life, right. I'm very much of everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. We don't always know what that reason is at that moment, but it happened for a reason. And you, it, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, mm-hmm. and and it takes you someplace. And if you walk in it and you sit in the discomfort and you and you go with it, it was gonna take you someplace, and it's someplace that one you probably never imagined, and two is probably gonna be pretty cool. You just have to let that happen, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that has gone, you know, wrong in my life. Is, is not wrong. It's just what happened and it led me to something else, you know, that that I I would never have experienced without that situation happening.
0: That's a wonderful philosophy to have about life. And I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause otherwise like I could be super depressed all the time and I, I don't want to be that. So it's just that you have to choose to learn your lessons and grow from them. There are things that are really interesting about being 50, right? Like I remember my mother when she was the age I am now. Like I have a very clear recollection of where she was at in her life and what she was doing. And it's, it was really interesting to kind of look at it from that perspective. And, and, you know, my life is very different than my parents, I think would have wanted or thought that they they would have for me. Like the good thing about my mom being in the hospital before she passed away was it gave us time to talk mm-hmm. and you know, in those conversations, we could talk about stuff. I was getting pretty clear that, that she didn't really want to be on earth without dad. Like it wasn't really her uh, choice that she wanted to make. Yeah. So I just took that time to have really good conversations with her. Cause I didn't have that opportunity with dad. Like I got a phone call and I was on the mainland and, and dad was gone. Like there was nothing, there was no, but with mom, I had that time and I was like, okay, you know, I've been given this gift so I better take advantage of it and have those conversations with her that that you're scared to have, right?
0: Because where do you see yourself in the next 10 years?
1: So at some point I would like to to take all of the stuff that I'm learning, help our people with it. Like mm-hmm. At at some point I like to go back to that. I really would like to travel more. <laughs> like I, I feel like the lessons to be learned from being places that are super different from where you are from are so deep and so rich. And I want those lessons. Like I'm like, I am I want it. So I, I would love to travel more. I'd love to see, figure out a way to make that happen. You know, Jason and I, between the two of us, there are seven children. I just really am super excited to see where their lives go in the next 10 years. And we've got three grandbabies from his oldest daughter. So really just leaning into my Ohana and my community. That's mm-hmm. what I really like to do the next time you're in Hawaii, we need to do a bar 89. So we'll, we'll have to see where we wind up. It was so great talking to you and catching up. It was awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of primetime 89. I'd like to thank our guest, Miley Alao for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Wendy Brown, and and a special thank you to Dwayne Andres for the music and Elizabeth Matson with production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest updates and news on upcoming episodes. And join us again with another classmate on Primetime 89.